Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Stay Healthy New England. I'm your host, Dr. Jessica Papa, a woman's health and myofascial expert trained physical therapist, successful business owner, and best-selling author from Rhode Island. And each month, I'll be calling upon the expertise of qualified professionals in health, fitness, nutrition, and emotional well-being to bring you the most cutting-edge health information every month, giving you the tools you need to start living your best life today. And we are on a special mission to broaden the collective definition of pelvic health and well-being. We'll be interviewing physical therapists who specialize in pelvic health care all over the U.S. to help share useful information and knowledge about various pelvic health concerns and conditions and highlighting where you can access the very best treatment right near you. And I'm so excited today to be introducing a very professional and exceptional physical therapist, Lynn Schelt, who will be discussing the topic of synthesis pubic dysfunction, abbreviated SPD. And she actually co-founded the Institute for Birth Healing. She sees clients all over. She's in Denver uh, area, Colorado, Boulder, and she travels the world teaching other body workers really how to help moms heal after birth. And so without further ado, let's welcome Lynn Schulte. Hi. 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 Thanks so much for having me. I so appreciate this. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. So tell everybody a little bit about um, your background. I know I gave the overview, but go ahead and highlight it for us. Okay. Well, um, I've been a physical therapist for over 30 years. I stopped counting at 30. Um, (laughs) And the majority of those time has been spent in women's health. And really the pelvis and pelvic floor have been my area of expertise. Um, And in the last decade, I really focused in on working with the pregnant postpartum population and really have become an expert in in helping moms to to heal after birth because I found these common patterns in the body that I kept seeing in all of my postpartum clients laying down on my table. And I figured out how to release those patterns and, and people were getting off my table and feeling so much better in their body and their body was functioning much better and as little as one session and um, and so I started putting you know on online on YouTube on these videos of this is what I'm finding in the postpartum body and then I started getting these emails from women all over the world saying oh my gosh I have exactly what you're talking about is there someone that can help me and I'm like well I don't know of anyone because this is all stuff that I've discovered myself and have learned how to deal with it myself and that's when I decided that I need to start teaching other practitioners so that they could learn this stuff and be able to help moms more and be able to reach more moms because I can't see every mom in the world. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so, so tell us a little bit about how we can, uh, as fellow therapists, find you, find your uh, course. Yeah. So the Institute for birth is my website and I'm on all social media. So I have a YouTube channel of there's over 30 different videos that I put on YouTube, um, Instagram, and I have a private Facebook group on Facebook. Uh, it's the Institute for birth healing community. So if you search for that and, and ask to be joined, um, we'll love to have you on board that that community is both moms and practitioners alike. And so it's a really supportive place to ask questions and get support from other people, whether they're practitioners or moms. So it's been a really fun community to be a part of. I got to check that community out myself. Yes, Um, please do. 
But so with this topic today of symphysis pubic dysfunction, I'm sure you have similar um, types of uh, responses from patients who are wondering if they have this, you know, some of the common questions you might ask yourself, is, you know, are you having difficulty with walking? You know, standing on one leg is often difficult. Maybe getting in and out of the car or the bathtub causes pelvic pain or even rolling over in bed, you know, daily things that we need to be able to do um, without feeling feeling that nagging pain. Um, even sometimes having trouble urinating or having, you know, leaking in some cases. So if any of those things sound like you, this is definitely a great podcast for you guys to be listening to. And what we'll do now is we'll have Dr. Lynn go over what symphysis pubic dysfunction is. Lynn, go ahead and just give us you know, a general overview and maybe uh, share the anatomy review as well for yeah. the not Sure. So our pelvis is actually made up of several different bones all kind of joined together. And I like to look at them as a ring of bone. And so we have the two big ilia bone that that if you were to put your hands on your hips near your waist, those are your ilia bones. And, um, and then at the bottom of the ilia bones are the sit bones. So those are your ischium. So the, when you go to sit down, those are the two bones that you'll feel in your butt. And the ischium bones actually have bones that jut kind of forward and up that are the rami bones. And the rami bones um, actually then become the pubic bones that are joined together in the front. And there's a cardinalagic disc that kind of helps hold, that, that helps buffer those two bones coming together into the midline. And those are just right below in your pubic area. Um, in your lower abdomen, right where your legs kind of join in, in that low area, that's your pubic bone right there. And there's a lot of ligaments that kind of help hold those two bones together. And actually 30% of our weight bearing comes through those pubic bones. And so that's why when those bones can get shifted either up, down, they can kind of get rotated a little bit. Um, and that can cause that symphysis pubis joint to be out of place. And what I find is that when it is out of place, when you go to feel or palpate those pubic bones, it almost feels like a bruised feeling. Mm -hmm. And so if you feel that bruised feeling in there, then that's a sign that those pubic bones are not in a happy spot and they need some adjustment. They need to, to find their happy space in there. And when they do, that bruising goes away instantaneously. So that's right. a really, really good sign that those bones are not happy and in their proper place. And right. so- And two, you know, with the weight lift, uh, weight bearing rather, standing on one leg, it could be a sign of yeah. instability with those pubic bones, right? Right. So those joints can get, um, they can get shifted. They can, they can have, um, during pregnancy because we, you know, the relaxins, the different hormones that allow things to start expanding in your body to be able to carry that baby, the, the hormones and the relaxin and stuff can cause that joint to get a little bit, um, you, I guess I could call it mushy in a way that it's not as stable as that it, as it used to be. And so then those movements can get really painful when you go to stand on one leg, like putting a shoe on, putting a sock on or a pant leg on when in standing are other signs that like, oh, that's just so painful down in that front part 
that's a sign that that symphysis pubis joint is just not stable enough and it's creating pain for you. Right. And so as things, you know, are starting to loosen up naturally during that, you know, pregnancy course and when relaxants being introduced, um, it's almost like they're getting too relaxed and too stretchy. Is that fair enough to say? Yes, in a way. So what I find, though, is that there's two things that could really be causing some of this pain in this pubic bone in the front. And one is that we have hypermobile people. So people who are really bendy or gumby like, these are the people that tend to really love yoga because they're really good at it. (laughs) So so that's a true like overall hypermobility within your body. So if you go to straighten out your arm, your elbow kind of bends backwards the other way. Your legs can hyperextend back. Or when you go to bend your your pinky back, it goes past 90 degrees. Most people, it stops right at 90 degrees. And if yours goes past that, that's a sign that your joints are more lax than than regular normal, you know, regular people. Um, the thumb being able to touch your forearm is another test. And so, whenever someone comes to me and they're complaining of symphysis pubis pain during pregnancy, that's one of the first questions I ask. Are you a really flexible person? And then I'll have them do those tests and see. And if that is, if that is a yes, then that could be an indication that there's just true laxity. There's too much movement happening in that symphysis pubis joint. And my focus for treatment with someone with hypermobility is just stabilization and strengthening as best we can. And I would probably even encourage someone with true hypermobility to get a a sacroiliac joint belt to just kind of help hold and stabilize things together because your ligaments aren't able to do as good of a job as they were when you weren't pregnant. Right. And for the therapist listening, in case anybody is um, wondering, you know, what this hypermobility test is, it's referred to as the bite-in test. Um, You know, you can go through, I I forget, I think it's nine points. Yes, it is nine points. Yes. Um, So each side being one point and then the hands touching the floor is the ninth point. So if they're standing up straight and you're able to bend over and, and put your hands flat on the floor, then that's another point. Right. Yes. And I remember that from, you know, working with a lot of Ehlers-Danlos patients in the past. Um, So it's those types of things that if if you're not really sure if you have hypermobility or laxity um, and you go for a massage, just be careful because you can end up in a world of hurt, not realizing that, you know, you're hypermobile. um, Yeah. Because when... Yeah, when we're hypermobile um, and, and we're pregnant and the pelvis isn't being held together as much by the ligaments, then the muscles kick in to try to hold you together. Stabilizing. And to try to stabilize you, right? So you can function. So <laughs> your, your, your adductors, your hamstrings, your glutes, your even your lower abdominal muscles, they're all going to kind of tighten your pelvic floor too are all gonna try to tighten to help hold you together. So then when you go to get that massage and the massage therapist tries to release that tension in those muscles, you're gonna walk out of there in a lot of pain. 
because they've just taken away your stability. Right. It's not really a true tightness. It's a spasm, but to hold up those joints. Right. Um, yeah. So, so that's one end of the spectrum. And um, there's another aspect, though, that I also like to ask my moms is so let's say someone says, No, I'm not bendy. <laughs> I'm not a Gumby. I don't have hypermobility, but I still have the symphysis pubis pain. Well, then I want to ask the question of, have you ever had any falls onto your tailbone, your buttocks, you know, injuries of that pelvic ring, the, all of those bones, the sacrum is the kind of the cornerstone. The sacrum is the last bone of our spine. And it's a triangular bone that is jammed between your two iliac, your ileal bones, and they create the sacroiliac joint. And so there's one on either side and those two joints in the back and the symphysis pubis joint in the front are the three joints of the pelvic ring and everything else, all the other bones that I mentioned, the rami bone, the pubic bone, the ischium and the ilium, they're all kind of one bone, but they all blend into different parts, have different names. And so I like to think of that as a ring of bone. And if you've had an injury or an impact, let's say a fall onto one buttock or onto your tailbone, that can really traumatize that area of impact. And it's going to decrease the transmission of the forces throughout that ring of bone. And the joints have to take up the excess stress that that part that might be injured can't distribute forces evenly through and that's where you can get some of that excessive strain into the symphysis pubis joint and so no because a lot of um, patients i've had tell me in their history falls on tailbones even from years and years ago uh, and they're they're delivering babies um, naturally through childbirth sustaining coccyx injuries then you know and not often together afterward um but you know they can displace displace anteriorly and also have you know extensions too far back even or pull to the side which can really do an on the pelvic floor absolutely and and so i like to i i teach and i i assess the entire ring of bone and what i'm looking for is kind of a hardness in one aspect of the bone. And so I find that when a bone has been traumatized through impact injuries, a bone, if you look at the matrix of the inside of a bone, it looks like a sponge. And bone is meant to be, meant to have some give to it. And so to me, it's got, when it's normal and it's happy, it's got this natural kind of sponginess and give to the bone. And when it's been injured and traumatized, it's hard. It's lost that distensibility, that elasticity into that that sponginess. It's gone. And that's what I want to try to help get back is bring back that sponginess to that hardened bone because hardened bone to me just can't function well and it can't distribute the forces so the ring of bone can't function well and all the muscles that attach to that hardened bone are activated and so that can create an imbalance in your pelvic ring and so i use a lot of compression to help release that hardened bone 
So depending on what part of that bone is hard, I offer compression to the bone and then you can just kind of feel the bone. And I love it when my clients can feel it along with me, but you just feel this melting and softening. Like I'm sure you feel it a lot in the fascia with all the fascial work you do, Jess, but the same thing can, can happen in that bone and you can just feel the softening and then everything around and attaching to that can soften and then function better. So that's what can help decrease the stresses on that symphysis pubis joint is by releasing whatever hardness is in that ring of bone and getting it all happy and healthy again so that it can tolerate the forces through the pelvis. And that's really the pelvis is meant to transfer forces from our legs into our trunk. And when parts of it have been injured or traumatized, it can't do that as well. And then the joints and the muscles have to kind of compensate. And so when we're pregnant, when we're preparing for birth, the bones of the pelvis really have to go through a lot of movement to get the bone, the baby through the pelvis. The, the top part of the bones, the ilio bones have to kind of widen. The sacral base, the top part of the sacrum moves backwards to increase the inlet of the pelvis so baby can come in. And then once the baby hits the pelvic floor muscles, the bones of the pelvis do the opposite motions where now the sit bones widen and the sacrum, the tailbone moves backwards in order for baby to come on out of the pelvic outlet. And so that's a lot of movement in the pelvis that those bones need to do in order for the baby to pass through. And if there's just hardness or bones and muscles are activated, then it's going to make it harder for that side to be able to move. And then the other side's going to have to do more. And so that's where it can just make birth more challenging when we have these asymmetries in that pelvic space. And so symphysis pubis dysfunction is actually a really good sign that, hey, maybe my pelvis isn't as balanced and as symmetrical as it needs to for birth. So that's more the dysfunctional side of things, right? So we have this hypermobility and then we have dysfunction. And we really need to understand where our clients, where you as a pregnant person, what are you dealing with when you have this issue and address it accordingly? Well, um, you know, be seen by a specialist before trying any other, you know, approaches just to get it that accurate clear picture of what is truly going on and then you know figure out a, a game plan to address it um, and I what you said just to speak to that a little bit more if you're not pregnant but you're planning on it it'd be a great yes. option to be a specialist so that you can be in optimal position for carrying baby and delivering absolutely I'm a big fan of that but not a lot of people are are thinking about that ahead of time <laughs> right and uh, and with we gotta get we do need to get the word out about that, right? Like let's, you know, if you're going on a long road trip, you take your car into the shop to get it all checked out before you go on the long road trip. Well, that, that needs to be the same philosophy in our bodies for carrying a baby. Right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You know, you want to be able to do the activities that you enjoy, whether it's working out or, you know, yeah. even regular work duties could be um, a little bit more limiting if you have those shifts in the pelvis that cause discomfort and um, everybody wants to enjoy their pregnancy. It's such a special time. Yes. 
definitely it is. Before, during, and after. Definitely. Yes. So the other big issue I want to just make everyone aware of is yes, this whole is the idea of um, maybe a secondary pregnancy. And so if you carried a baby in your first pregnancy and you were fine and you had no pelvic pain, no problems, and you gave birth, whether it was a vaginal or a cesarean, it's more common in a vaginal birth. Um, and you get pregnant again and now you start having pelvic pain, that pelvic pain is from that first birth. And so maybe alignment the first time and you just didn't have pain, right? Everything was okay. Your, your pelvis was okay. Baby came on out. But what's happened is remember, I was talking about the bones, your sit bones widen for the baby right. to come on out. Your sacrum, your tailbone moves backwards for baby to come on out. Sometimes those bones don't come back into their normal midline position after a birth, they stay widened. And also there's, um, th this is part of that common open birthing pattern that I discovered in postpartum women is that their sit bones are too splayed apart. Their sacrum actually can get jammed up more. It, it tip, more typically happens on the right hand side and it jams up that right sacroiliac joint so that the sacroiliac joint isn't as mobile on that right side. It's more stuck and it can create more pain in the low back area. Um, but also as a baby comes through the, I also find the left pubic bone and pubic rami bone get more hardened. Remember I was talking about the hardened bone part okay. than the right side. So typically okay. babies' heads come in facing the right hand side. So their nose is pointed towards the right. And what that does is it makes the larger part of the baby's cranium, their head, come through on that left side. And so that just puts more pressure on the left pubic bone and pubic rami bone as the baby's head is coming through that pelvis. And so afterwards, I find that the left side is more activated than the right side bones. And it can also activate that left adductor muscle too. So that inner thigh on the left can be a lot tighter after birth than the right side. And that's all a part of this hardening of that left pubic bone and pubic rami. And so again, that hardened bone loves compression. And I find that if I can just compress that pubic bone and compress the pubic rami, and I teach practitioners how to do this in all of my core, in my postpartum, my holistic treatment of the postpartum body course, you learn mm -hmm. how to release all the hardnesses and release this common birth pattern from the body so that when you do these release techniques to a person who is pregnant for a subsequent time and had, didn't have any pain in the first pregnancy, but now they're pregnant again and now they're having all this pelvic pain, you do all these releases that I teach in my postpartum course and they walk out of your office without any pain and they're fine for the rest of their pregnancy. It's, it's almost like magic. And clients are so much happier and they're able to enjoy the pregnancy again. Absolutely. What are some of the follow-up things, um, you know, in terms of patients who are, who are getting treated and they're, you know, going through a plan of care? Is there anything that um, can also be of a support, maybe, you know, particular belts or, yeah. you know, 
one where yeah one resource i love to give any client who calls to me and says i'm having some business pubis dysfunction there is an excellent resource it's a book written by cecile roost she's a physical okay. therapist in the netherlands i think or somewhere in that area forget um but she wrote a book called relieving pelvic pain during and after pregnancy And I just encourage all of my clients to get that book and to understand it. And the first section of the book is all written for the layperson, but then she does have the second part of the book is written for practitioners and has more research to help substantiate her claims and how this works um and how it helps. So it really is a great book for both practitioner and new moms. So relieving pelvic pain during and after pregnancy is an excellent resource. So I have everybody get that. And one of the things that she talks about in there is we need to help understand that for the majority of our clients that are dealing with symphysis is so SPD, um some practitioners have been taught that keeping your knees together is more stabilizing for you and is more helpful for when you have SPD but Cecile actually found the opposite that keeping the knees apart is more stabilizing and so i think we need to help our clients understand and find what works best for them so um i you know when i tell them it's like yeah keep your knees apart they'll be like yeah a chiropractor has been telling me to keep my knees together but it's just more painful so i keep them apart and they're <laughs> like yeah so into your body yeah so if you think about the angle of our femur bones so for our practitioners out there the the acetabulum the way the femur attaches into the acetabulum when we bring our knees together it actually can offer some separation to the pelvis But if you keep the femurs out, that helps the femur femoral head push into the acetabulum and that helps to stabilize and push the bones of the pelvis together. So in in a anatomical viewpoint, I kind of understand what Cecile's saying with the knees being apart. It does is it is a more stabilizing position for the pelvis and the the femur bones. So um but you know we have to help our clients find what works best for them um right so rolling over in bed is one of the biggest issues that a lot of clients will complain about especially during pregnancy it's like oh it just kills to roll over in bed so we need to just help them practice whether they keep their legs up straight or whether we have them bend up you know try i've i've taught my clients if they're on one side to bring to separate your knees to bend your knees up separate your knees and put one foot flat so that the knee is at 90 degrees and so now your one knee is on the bed and the other is straight up towards the ceiling and then kind of bridge and lift their pelvis up in segments to where they're now rotating their knee that was up towards the ceiling is now on the bed and the other knee that was on the bed is now up towards the ceiling and so they mm-hmm. rotate apart that way and then they can bring once they're on that other side then they can bring that top leg down so that can be one way but i've had clients say no it feels better if i keep my leg straight so then we'll practice and see do we need to keep a pillow between your knees as you go to roll over or what works best for you and then we can also encourage our clients to activate their core and stabilize and try to stabilize before they're moving Okay so that getting their core to activate well during the pregnancy is excellent for the postpartum recovery time too. 
So I really want to help make sure that their pelvic floor muscles turning on, that the transverse abdominis muscle is engaging and pulling back up and in, and that they're engaging before and prior to any movement so that those muscles can try to stabilize that pelvis before they go to move. So those are the things as practitioners, we need to help encourage our clients to understand and be able to implement into their daily lives with all the activities that we have to do. Yes. And one of the things too, when you talk about strengthening and making sure everything's working optimally is um, really making sure that the word gets out there for women going through this, just not to Google and, and try the, the Kegels and, and you might yes. eat them, but might not always be the correct time for them. So it's a really good idea to see somebody that help you really depict what is truly going on and if, if those are the right exercises for you. Um, Absolutely. Sometimes they're not. Right, right. So that's where, you know, that skilled professional being able to assess the situation and feel, you know, are these hypertonic muscles because they're trying to stabilize you or are they hypertonic muscles because we're in dysfunction and we actually need release work done to help balance things out to get you out of pain. So there, there isn't a one, you know, be all end all answer to, oh, you've got SPD, just, just, you know, <laughs> right. squeeze your adductor muscles together. That's, you know, that's not always the case. And um, I actually have a client that I'm currently working with. She's pregnant with number two and um, she had horrific, I don't think her pelvic pain was as bad with her first pregnancy, but after her delivery, she was incapacitated for six months with pelvic pain after the birth and now she's pregnant with number two and she's having a lot of symptoms of pubis pain and what we discovered was that she was actually in a bike accident um nine years ago and she landed on the side of her pelvis and and she was also a horseback rider so and and one yeah one of my gifts is really being able to feel into the tissues and what the tissues want to do and this is the energetic work that i also teach in my courses is to be able to feel into what are the tissues wanting to do and what i felt and appreciated in her was that her left pelvis so from ischium her sit bone to the psas which is the dimple in the low back her left side felt like an accordion, like they were compressed together like an accordion does. And then the right side was like normal length. And so I was like feeling into this going, wow, these bones really want to compress in. And and she had landed on her left side. And so I thought that compression was from the bike accident until like her second session when she let me know that she was actually a horseback rider and has fallen off of her horse multiple times and i'm like (laughs) oh that maybe a a, you know makes sense for what i'm sensing and feeling in this bone from that compression right so the bone was just being it was too short it was like too like a slinky compressed together and so i really worked to help lengthen out that bone and get it more evened with the right side and her pelvic pain went away drastically and she was so much more comfortable from that and so you know and she had been to multiple other therapists who like to do what we call a shotgun approach to the symphysis pubis joint yeah and do you want to describe that one or do you want me to jess (laughs) i'm 
have my own sort of understanding of what that is with particular treatment technique. Um, it's sort of along that um, pubic bone region um, and that hip. And it's like a very, it's kind of like a thrust um, compressive but quick release technique. Is that kind of what you're... Yeah, there's, I think there's all different kinds of ways of doing it, right? Some people, it's what we're doing is resisting the femur bones. So you're using the femur bones as levers and we're, we're activating the adductors. So we're resisting your knees being pushed together. So we try to resist them coming together and then we switch our hands to the outside and then we resist the knees coming apart. So we're using the abductors, so the abductors and the adductors to try to kind of compress or contract and then relax, contract and relax. And we're using that to try to help get that pubic bone in a better position. So it's a, uh, yeah. it's a really great technique that is something that you can do yourself if you're sitting on a, on a couch or a chair. And if you just put your, your fist between your knees and you try to squeeze your fist between your knees, and then you put your hands on the outside of your knees and you try to push your knees apart, um, that is using your abductors and adductors to try to shift that pubic bone. Some, and, and there's all different kinds of ways. People say hold for three to five seconds and then alternate it and back and forth. And, you know, I've learned doing with, with internal rotation of the foot and external rotation of the foot. And, you know, there's all different kinds of ways. Um, some people do it really, really hard and, and others just use a gentle contract, relax kind of way. So I don't, yeah. I don't know if there's a right or wrong way to do it. Um, but sometimes that can, yeah. it can be really just, helpful, but it can also be right. really hurtful too. Well, sometimes too, with, you know, the sounds things can make, you can sometimes feel a pop yes. or some type of, and don't worry, it usually isn't painful, but it's kind of like those pubic bones realigning and particularly with the adductor squeeze, I find when I'm, you know, helping the patient, uh, with my forearms, let's say, and I'll resist, uh, -huh. uh you can get that quick, you know, reset. And it's a good thing. It's it's going to help bring you back to center there, um, you know, and then you can do the rest of your treatment. But it's a way also to help self-correct if you're at home doing yes. pelvic corrections. I do that. And, you know, for any type of rotation in the ilia, you know, any forward rotation, usually those pubic bones don't line up. So it's a really good thing to get in the habit of doing. Yeah. Not for pelvic patients, but, well, you know, any... Yeah, I think a lot of, you know, I think that's our go-to, you know, that's the number one thing that we'd like to do for the pubic bone, um, it, it, you know, and to help it get back into place. And I love that you mentioned the pop because the pop can be very startling <laughs> to some people like, oh my God, what did I just do? You know, <laughs> but it's actually a good thing. You know, it can be that right. pop of like it relocating and getting back into its proper place. So that could be a yay, um, but it can be startling for someone who yeah. didn't know that, oh my gosh, what did I just do they're gonna feel like did I just break myself or something <laughs> you know but you didn't um but there's sometimes like I said that sometimes that can be super super helpful and it's a great way to try to manage the shifting of the bone here and there and everywhere um but sometimes it can be too much and it can be too activating and this client that I've been working with, you know, she's been seeing other therapists and they do that kind of stuff. And she's, she called me up. She's like, okay, what are you going to do to me? <laughs> because <laughs> I don't want to walk away hurting worse. Like I have in other treatments. And I'm like, no, no, no. 
I really listen to your body. I listen to the bones and the tissues and I kind of really sense and see what's going on in there. And I don't do that. That is not my first, the shotgun approach to the symphysis is not my first technique. Um, I like to listen and see where's the bone hard? Where's the bone not moving? How can I get movement back? Where, how can I get softness where there's hardness? How can I get movement where there's no movement? And really about bringing balance to the whole ring of pelvic bone that makes up our pelvis and um and so she was really grateful after that first session just helping to lengthen that left side and get the bones a little bit more even and she did walk out with less pain there so that's where a skilled practitioner and you know seeing someone who has taken my courses I do have a directory on my website of people who have taken my postpartum and uh, pregnancy courses and so um, those practitioners know the techniques to help get the bones more balanced and aligned in the pelvis so I would encourage anybody listening into this who is having symptoms of pubis pain please go check out my directory and see if there's anybody near you that can help you with this, um, especially if it's a subsequent pregnancy and you've developed pelvic pain in a subsequent pregnancy and you didn't have it in the first one, that is a definite sign that you are dealing with the effects of the first birth. And someone who has taken my postpartum course can help get your bones out of that common birth pattern and release the bones so that your pelvis is more balanced and you can hopefully get out of pain and be able to handle and enjoy the rest of your pregnancy. So Absolutely sharing um that amazing resource uh so go to lynn's website any therapists or patients um potential patients and find a therapist near you it's institute for birth healing.com right yes yes and that's for f-o-r in the middle there institute for birth healing.com yeah and just to really kind of give our listeners a nice little recap, I always like to do that at the end. Uh, we've been discussing symphysis pubic dysfunction, sometimes referred to as uh, pelvic girdle pain, PGP. And it can happen, you know, as those ligaments during pregnancy that normally keep our pelvic bones aligned, become a little bit too relaxed and stretchy, and you can develop some pelvic pain. And like Lynn shared with us, it's a lot of times two main things going on, one or the other, whether you're at hypermobility, you have a little bit too much motion, or you've had a, a fall on your tailbone, and it doesn't have to be a recent fall, it could be from years ago, like um, Lynn's patient horseback riding even. Yeah. In- yeah, being snowboarding, that's me, you know, I see, you know, I've fallen many a times. Um, and so subsequent pregnancies as well, maybe you thought, you know, you didn't make the connection, you didn't have this going on in your first pregnancy, but it happened after, you know, during the second one, which again, as Lynn explained, it could be because as those bones shift and move, they don't always go back to their exact place. Um, so just to kind of hone in on treatment before, during, and after is so, so helpful for anybody that um, wants to try and prevent this discomfort um, from uh, happening. And, you know, really, you know, the takeaways again is awareness of, of find your resources, know who to seek out, and really get an accurate description and depiction of what is going on so you can address it in the right way and and not make anything a little bit worse. And so, Lynn, was there anything else you wanted to add in? Did I lose you? 
I think we might have a little bit of a technical difficulty with our guest, Lynn Schulte, but I want to thank all of our listeners. She had some really great takeaways, really great anatomy review and uh, overview of SPD, symphysis pubic dysfunction. And we want to just thank all of our listeners for tuning in. Please share this episode with anybody that you know who might be going through this and uh, also subscribe so that you can hear our next uh, podcast, which will be tomorrow, actually, talking with Dr. Juwan Michelle Martin on the topic of um, endometriosis. So that's going to be a great one coming up tomorrow. Again, you can connect and subscribe to the Stay Healthy New England podcast, and we look forward to bringing back with you all tomorrow. Bye, everybody.